How's it going everybody? Rybread here today and we are back on the faceoff dot and with me is John as today's topic we will be continuing our offseason breakdown with the Anaheim Ducks. Hey everybody, I'm really excited to talk about this team. Uh, they're an interesting one, not like a lot of other franchises. They do have a like. It's it's a franchise that I think has a bright future and hasn't even hit what they sh well hasn't hit their potential that they should have hit uh, in in recent memory. Yeah, uh, it's it's just it's definitely peculiar. They have a lot of guys coming up, but they also have guys like Getzloff and Perry and Kessler, who are the uh, old forward core uh, that's coming out. Uh, but, you know, this, this new wave of the NHL is built around the defensemen, and while everyone talks about Getzloff and Perry and the forwards they have, let's highlight their defensemen a little bit, because Anaheim was rumored to be shipping one of these defensemen out for like six years now, uh, but not six years, but you guys know what I mean. Uh, but they've got a ton of defensemen. I mean, Fowler uh, and Lindholm as left-handed shots, and then Votten and Montour and Manson, all very good right-handed shots. Some of those guys are younger, though, and still got to prove a full season's worth. Yeah, they have one of the best defensive cores in the league, for sure. Up there with uh, Nashville, Carolina, Anaheim's right up there. And they are young, uh, definitely. You know, it's nice to hear you mention Carolina, because I think a lot of people overlook Carolina's defensive core. But anyway, um, you know, they, they had an even more stacked uh, the defensive core before the expansion draft. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the expansion draft, they, had to, they wanted to keep uh, that very top defenseman uh, especially um i think especially just that that core they have so they had to give up theodore and uh and stoner in order to keep a guy like manson yeah and i and you know a guy like Votnin was also very um uh, highly touted for vegas to take because he's got that i think four or four and a half million cap hit i believe is around what his cap hit would be which would help them get to the cap floor which they didn't have a problem with but he's also a very good defenseman i might add though that he's coming off i believe a shoulder surgery that might keep him out until you know a couple weeks into the season believe it or not yeah i think uh players bounce back from that kind of stuff though if they're at this point in their career um if they're young you know it can be something more worried about but he's old enough where uh, he's just developed and established and um, another defenseman we should talk about is Cam Fowler. A lot of talk about trading him, but he just two days ago signed an eight-year, $6.5 million average annual value contract. So uh, I think that's a really solid cap hit for them. Um, you know, the cap's going to – should hopefully go up in the next couple of years, and that'll, that's looking like what a top four defenseman might break in, especially a really good defenseman like him. Right, and since we're on the topic of cap hit, it only makes sense to move on to the forwards where I think they're going to have their biggest trouble in a couple of years. Uh, you know, we all know about guys like Getzloff and Perry, and, but their cap hit for what they produce is great right now, but a few years down the road when they're not nearly as good as they are now, they're still going to have this ridiculous cap hit. Yeah, Getzloff and Perry. The thing is, though, Perry, uh, I don't think he's going to... I, I don't know. It's tough to tell because they play a hard grinding style, which means they might drop off a little earlier. But they also, Perry anyway, doesn't rely on his skating. And so I think that he might fare a little bit better because he won't lose that step. Right. Um, I, I so definitely it'll be, think... Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I definitely think a guy like uh, Getzloff can translate more to like a Joe Thornton type of guy where you know he's not necessarily using his skating or speed. Uh, but then becomes more of his, I mean, they're both big bodies, both Getzloff and Perry, like you said, play a grinding style of game. Uh, but they, they could definitely still use their physical presence and, you know, maybe not be true first liners anymore, but could still provide valuable minutes even in their waning years of their careers. 
Yeah, I mean, Getzloff is such a talented passer. He's got such great vision. Um, and I think a guy like Kessler, too, uh, is another guy who, who can play a more hard-nosed game, but is just one of the best defensive forwards in the game. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they age. I don't know if they will age with grace or uh, really drop off. We'll see. But the good news for them, though, is when that drop-off does come, they've got some good young forwards currently playing in the NHL. Guys like Jacob Silverberg, Nick Ritchie, and Ricard Raquel all have gotten some serious NHL ice time uh, and seem to be pretty good and seem to be a good core for the future. Yeah, and Ricard Raquel is signed to a fairly cheap deal for the next couple of years at least. Um, that came because a little bit of history from earlier this year. Uh, he stayed in Sweden for the first um I don't know about month of the season because he uh, was locked out of contract negotiations. So as a restricted free agent, you can't just sign with another team. So it was, um, it was tough negotiating, but I think it worked out in Anaheim's favor. Uh, Even though they didn't get to keep him, he played like a man on fire for the rest of the season. Oh, for, for darn sure. Uh, And, you know, even if, if, if these young guys that are playing in the NHL don't turn out to be anything special, uh, they got some special prospects in the system that may not have played uh, in the NHL yet. Yeah, we should definitely talk about Sam Steele. Man, that guy, he is a steal. Drafted it uh, 30th o- around there. In the second round, yeah, I think. was 30th overall. Something like was that. It, I, well, he was uh, originally the he got tr- the pick that they selected him with. This is a great trade for them. They traded away Anderson because they went with Gibson as their top goalie, who we'll talk about in a second, but... Uh, traded away Anderson and the Toronto Maple Leafs last year and um, ended up selecting Sam Steele, who was highly skilled but dropped down in the draft for whatever reason. Um, and I think they're really excited about that guy. Uh, he's looking real good. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of his highlight videos, and you're right. The guy's, the guy's got pure skill, and I'm also going to uh, say that you were right. You can say I told you so. He was drafted 30th overall in 2016. Uh, but some other players of note that you know maybe didn't they didn't have a first round pick this year, but they I def, I certainly think they killed it in the draft. You know they had two seconds, 50th overall they picked Maxime Comtois, and then 60th overall, 10 picks later they pick his buddy Antoine Morand, and I think that's a one-two punch that we might be seeing in a few years, sort of like we're seeing Getzloff Perry. Yeah, I think Comtois is a really good pick. Um, he dropped because he had a little bit of a lackluster season, but. He's still a highly skilled forward and had a good season the year before. So I think, you know, players have slumps, but I think it's a worthwhile risk to take. And it's not really that much for a risk at 50th overall anyway. Exactly. And now moving on towards the the, the season that they had with this team, and more importantly, the playoffs, because we figured they were going to be a good uh, regular season team as they usually are. But when it came playoff time, uh, you know, they actually, you know, they got all the way to the Western Conference Finals, but you know, ran into the Nashville Predators who are on their tear to the Stanley Cup. I mean, and I, if I'm an Anaheim fan, you know, you got to be happy with a Western Conference Finals appearance, but at some point you got to be saying, when is it our turn to make it to the Stanley Cup? Yeah, I don't know if you're saying you're happy with the Western. I mean, not happier than not making the playoffs, but I, it's a – you definitely have to be expecting something more uh, in the coming years because – the window's going to close eventually. I know they have a young defensive core, but they still uh, gets off Perry and Kessler won't last forever. So I think, um, you know, you got to be asking the questions of, hey, Perry, gets off Kessler, let's go. You know, you don't have very long. Yeah, and uh, fun stat of the day. Um, 
the Anaheim Ducks during the regular season, when they were trailing after two periods, were 1-24-3. They only came back one time after trailing, after entering the third period. That is not a good stat to have if you want to be a playoff team, because uh, I think every team that did well in the playoffs had, had a couple comebacks, so... Yeah, for sure. And to, to just to show that, you know, maybe this team isn't clutch. Is it coaching then, or is it just the mentality of the players? Because they've switched coaches, but, uh, you know, guys like Getzoff and Perry have been there a while. Is it maybe the mentality in the locker room? I don't know. That's tough to tell, but it is the kind of question you have to ask to your leadership core. They already did switch coaches. Uh, you know, Bruce Boudreaux got fired uh, after that, oh, man, that season where Chicago took them. And then... Uh, just losing game sevens, as it hurts, it hurts. So uh, I think that um, I think that Randy Carlisle was a actually, you know, he was kind of a risky pick. He hadn't really done well recently, but he's won a cup and he won it with Anaheim. So I think it was a solid guy to bring back. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, that cup just coming a few years ago over the Ottawa Senators, believe it or not, who they could have matched up with in the Stanley Cup Finals. They could have. That was close. Uh, would have been quite the uh, rematch, but it did not happen. And that was, um, yeah, that was Randy Carlisle out of nowhere. Um, I think that people will, he, he definitely proved the haters wrong this year. Oh, yeah, for sure, without a doubt. And, you know, as far as this team making it the Stanley Cup Finals, like you're saying, these guys aren't getting any younger. Yeah, their future looks bright, but we don't know how this team is going to play in two, three years. So... You know, are Getzloff and Perry going to hit that wall we were talking about? I mean, they certainly seem to be a dominant punch, although Perry was a little bit absent for most of the playoffs, if you ask me. A little bit, yeah, definitely. But uh, he still makes an impact in just the grinding game. I think uh, Jonathan Quick wrote a really good Players Tribune article about uh, elite snipers, and he talked about Perry and Getzloff and just their grinding style. And even when they're not scoring goals, they're still wearing the other team out. And... uh it has an impact and it can really open things up for the other guys on the team. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I did say Perry seemed a little bit, uh, you know, I couldn't see him during the, uh, during the uh, you know, playoffs. He did show up in overtime. I believe he scored uh, a couple of game winners for Anaheim. And, uh, you know, I was calling the question whether is this team clutch or not. It certainly doesn't seem like the regular season they can mount a comeback. Uh, but it, you know, they, they did fine in the playoffs, I guess you could say, uh, when it came to overtime, I mean, that's when Corey Perry, and that's when you need your star players to step up and Corey Perry sure did. Yeah. And you know, the series against Nashville definitely would have been a different series had, uh, had they had Gibson and in not Bernier as the backup, which they got rid of Bernier and they went out. Let's talk about their goalies. They acquired Ryan Miller, who, uh, I think is a great addition. Oh, I, I certainly think that I, and you know, um, I, I I did see that he is very close to overtaking for uh, the most wins by an American goaltender, American-born goaltender. Yeah, who currently has that? Do you know? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and check that out for you, but uh, Maybe uh Van I'm not really sure, but um, yeah, he definitely Ryan Miller had a, a great season with Vancouver, and I say great. Uh, Vancouver didn't have the best season, but with the defense they had, I think that uh, Ryan Miller just really showed that he can do something with any team, and uh, he, he is definitely an underrated goalie, and they got him for cheap, so 
what a solid pickup. And I don't think he's he would have the same kind of collapse that Bernier did against uh, Nashville. So although he hasn't definitely a solid goalie, he hasn't proven necessarily to um, to be you know clutch in the playoffs. You know he ha- he he hasn't necessarily been you know the reason teams have lost in the playoffs. But I can certainly think like he carried Team USA that uh, that year in the Olympics to a silver medal, but he did not have his best game in the gold medal. Uh, there were times when he was here in Buffalo that he didn't have his best game when we then when we would have needed it. But you know he could, he's not the number one guy to blame. I think that you know if you watch that last game where, with Bernier, all they needed was a guy to not lose the game, and, and Bernier lost the game for them. Uh, so you know if Ryan Miller can just not lose, that that would be good. That would be good enough for that team. And he's just a backup. Oh yeah, it's really just an emergency situation. It's not like he's. It's not like he's coming for Gibson's spot. He's the solid. Um, it's Gibson's team. So. Oh yeah, uh, and to answer your question about who he's chasing, he's chasing Tom Barrasso of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, who has 369 wins. Ryan Miller has 358 wins. Uh, in 76 less games played. I would played. not have guessed that. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, I know. That's If, if, if anybody, you, any of you out there uh, guessed that one, good for you, But because I was not guessing that one off the top of my head. Yeah, well, um, anyway, those are the, the goalies. I think they are looking good because Gibson is still young, and uh, as long as he doesn't have any more injury trouble, um, they should be set solid on that uh, on that front. And talk about another guy on a very team-friendly contract. Uh, we highlighted how negative the contracts for uh, guys like Getzloff and Perry may become. Uh, but you know, when you got guys like you mentioned Raquel and guys like Gibson, both on what I deem to be fantastic contracts for the team, uh, you can still build a cup contender because you want these guys on cheap contracts. And you know, these aren't the guys on their entry level contracts that you expect from teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but you certainly don't have these guys tied up for six million like they probably should be five, six million. You got them on three million dollar deals, basically. What is uh, what is Gibson? Do you have the numbers? Gibson, I believe, is three million for three years. Um, I mean, that is a bridge deal, but uh, and I think that's a good one because they want to contend for those next three years, and then he can get his payday afterwards. Right. Yes. Act, it's uh, John Gibson is making two point three million through this season and next season, uh, and then a guy like Ricard that's Raquel. Sweet. Yeah, oh yeah, for apps for sure. And Ricard Raquel is making about three point eight million. I'll round it up to uh, through the twenty tw- uh, through the excuse me the twenty twenty one twenty twenty two season. Another steal. Uh, they got Jacob Silverberg locked up for three point seven five for the next two seasons. See, that's how they're able to uh, contend even with monster contracts with Getzoff, Perry, and Kessler. Although, if I were a Ducks fan, I might be looking at next season and looking at some of the guys that I'm going to have to resign and actually give a decent paycheck to. Uh, you know, one guy that sticks out is Nick Ritchie. You know, he's going to want a bigger contract than his entry-level contract. But I think they'll look at another bridge deal kind of thing like they did with uh, with uh, Raquel or Gibson. For sure. And then uh, Josh Manson as well is an RFA is next year. Yeah, the defensemen might uh, be the tough. I think Nick Ritchie they can sign for lower, but the defensemen that are playing tough minutes are going to ask for more, especially a guy like Manson. He obviously has a lot of leverage if they traded to – they traded away Theodore and uh, – Stoner. Oh, man, 
Stoner, thank you. Uh, in order to keep him, I think that he has a lot of leverage to get a lot of money because they don't want to lose him for nothing. Oh, and here's another guy to add to that list of players they need to sign next year. Brandon Montour. So there's a big part of their defensive core. That young defensive core is going to want to get paid next year. Uh, and they're only going to have about 18, 19 million of cap space next season to sign all these players. You know, the thing is, though, they have other guys coming up, like Larson, who uh, can can replace these these other defensemen. You know, the, you, we might see a trade of one of these defensemen out of there to bring another one of their prospects up and uh, not spend too much to the cap. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, they've got only, uh, if you're not counting the, well, if you count entry-level contracts as well, not any of the guys that, you know, I'm not going to count a guy like Jacob Larson here, but they got a... Uh, four defensemen under contract next season and they've got 18.6 million in cap space plus they're only going to have about six forward signs so i'm pretty interested to see what uh anaheim does at the trade deadline first of all but more importantly next off season yeah definitely that'll be something that to keep an eye on I think it's one of those situations that we're seeing with the Washington Capitals. When you've got these stars and your perennial cup contender, how long can you keep that up, especially when guys get paid? It's all about the scouting uh, and the front office, how, how they draft. Do they draft players that can step in and replace on these entry-level contracts, or can you find cheaper talent and depth talent, like guys like maybe a Patrick Eves, but he even got a decent contract coming up. Yeah, Patrick Eves is a guy that... Uh was definitely worth the trade from Dallas, I think. Uh, and then this free agency signing, I think that was a solid pickup. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I'm kind of hesitant about a guy making $3.15 million at 33 for the next three years. That uh, is a tough one. But, you know, we saw something like the Toronto Maple Leafs do that with Patrick Marlowe. So, you know, these guys are making this money through to, the, to their mid to late 30s. Uh, and But, you know, you bring them in there to be good leaders, good veterans, and maybe bring these young guys along. Like, I mean, Nick Ritchie's only 21, and I certainly think he'd look up to a guy like Patrick Eves. Yeah, but I don't think you can be signing. I mean, for a team like Toronto, it makes more sense since they're so young. But if Kessler, Perry, and Getzloff aren't doing that job well enough, then you've got another problem. Well, that's true. you got a whole leadership issue there. Uh, you know, maybe that's why they're not quite good enough when it comes down to they're trailing after two. I mean, they're, they're trailing after one isn't much better either. They only won three games out of 19 chances there when they're trailing after one, uh, one, one period. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so if, if, if they're losing at the end of any period, they've only won four times this past season. Like, that stat to me is pretty telling. Because it means if they don't jump out to an early lead, they're not going to win a ton of games. Yeah, uh, I think that I think that you can see those stats change from year to year, though. But uh, that's definitely one that is not a good look. I, you know, and you, it, I'm thinking this brings back to your point earlier about how this team is a little bit more of a grinding team and how they play that physical style of game. Can they keep it up? And I think that, the, you know, a grinding style of hockey just naturally leads to more defensive game. I mean, they were 31-9-5 when scoring first, but, you know, and then those numbers I said when they're trailing at the end of a period, you know, I think that's pretty telling how dominant they are when they're winning versus, you know, how poor they are when they're losing. Yeah, team, grinding teams can definitely can definitely uh, benefit from an early lead more than other teams, and can be hurt from an early uh, early deficit. 
And that's why I think the signing of Ryan Miller is important because he may not be your starting goaltender. He may not be your number one, uh, but he's probably going to get the job done for you more so than a guy like Bernier when uh, Gibson needs that relief. Yeah, that's definitely such an important pickup. So key when you, especially when you see the job Bernier did, who I, I think Bernier got signed also. I, I can't remember who. I don't know where he would have gone, but uh, just, I think it was just today actually, but um, I'm not sure. It might have been Calgary. I don't know. Yeah, but I, definitely Ryan Miller would be an upgrade in my book. Uh, you know, some other signings they got Tukarski, uh for a little bit of depth, saying Miller possibly gets injured. You know, he's getting up there in age. Uh, and then a forward, uh, Derek Grant, who's bounced around a couple of teams, could be a decent guy that could come up uh, in yeah, case. He cannot score to save his life. He's been on both Buffalo and Nashville and cannot score. No, 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 not at all. But, you know, I mean, that's not necessarily what the Anaheim Ducks need. I think they need pure goal scoring talent. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a depth guy. He's not going to be a second liner, you know, somebody that's going to come in and make an impact. He's going to be a guy that'll give you good minutes off the bench. Yeah, definitely, and I think, I mean, he was going to get signed by somebody, so. Yeah, he's a very good depth player for the league. I like him. So, where do you have this team finishing up this next season, and do you see them maybe making it to the Stanley Cup Finals, or are they going to fall short? If if I'm a Ducks fan, this is going to hurt, but uh, I think they lose to the Edmonton Oilers in the, well, whatever round they meet up in. Uh, Could be the Conference Finals, could be the, could be the, second round but uh we'll see how that shakes out but i don't see him making it past mcdavid it could even be the first round assuming that neither of those teams gets the first seed in the pacific or you know you don't you never know whether they'll shake out but i think they lose to the oilers yeah i definitely think that the speed and the talent of the oilers you know their resurgence uh, of, of late with you know the speed style of game that the NHL is going to and now I'm not saying that the Ducks don't have speed and their style has certainly been successful over the previous years having very you know decent playoff runs probably not as good as their fans would have hoped but uh I definitely think they can make it into the second round but like you said if they meet up with the Oilers I'm with you on that one I think they don't match up well against a team like that I know they just beat them this year uh, they but- did just beat them but I think the Oilers now one year older more experienced uh, and they are a generally younger team and I don't think McDavid loses another a series against them. No, I definitely think that team, he's going to have another year. He's going to get better, which is kind of scary to think. Uh, oh, terrifying. But, but, yeah, I don't see them making the Stanley Cup. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a happy 4th of July to all you listening out there. Uh, and thanks for listening to another edition of the Faceoff Dot.